Thank you. Wow. So good to be here. Anybody like uh, Jeff Watson? Man, who, who, who is that guy? <laughs> man, oh, man. Well, so good to be here. We've, I got here on Wednesday and had a great day. Um, is it called Love Charlotte? Is that what? Love Life Charlotte? Wow, that was, that was a powerful. Is Justin here tonight? Is he? Uh, yeah, he was just, his leadership is profound in that. It's very moving, and we bless what God's doing there. And Charlotte's a uh, prototype city that exports kingdom, um, kingdom realities and kingdom breakthrough. And, and I know there's, you know, just asking the Lord, you know, who's, who's here tonight? And I heard this. Uh, Steve, there's great people in the meeting. You're, you're going to talk to great people. You're going to be talking to people who want to do it right, people who are already. If I heard your stories, I should say you should be speaking. There's people just at that level. There's people at the beginning as well who, and that you're just at the beginning of the journey. And I've got good news for you. God's plan for you is bigger than you know. And the Lord believes in you more than you believe in yourself. That's the truth. And, and this, these meetings tonight and tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon, uh, I just uh, have a great sense the Lord has orchestrated this time. And there's nobody here by accident. And, and uh, I, I believe, I'm daring to believe you'll never be the same again. Why don't you say, I'll never be the same again. It's what, what I'm believing. And I want you to just repeat this after. Why don't you just say, say, God brought me here tonight because he believes in me more than I believe in myself. He's preparing me for something bigger than I know. Something's happening in me tonight. It's supernatural. It's going to increase. It's going to influence the nations. And I'll never be the same again. Amen. Anybody else appreciate the worship tonight? Wow. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, team. And just... Uh, just, man, I thought I was going to have my own Enoch experience. <laughs> Whoo! <laughs> my, oh, my. Steve went to New Song and was no more. <laughs> kind of getting concerned there. <laughs> How many of you have never heard me speak before? You just... Uh, yeah, just a number of you. And yeah, I'm on, I'm, I'm on staff at Bethel Church, Redding, California. Many of you know great things happening there. I've been there since 2008. I met Bill Johnson in 1991, kind of got grafted into the family then. Um, I'll share my story about how I got saved and just the journey that, that we have. And I travel about half the year. Uh, I was given an assignment when I came to Bethel to to encourage the body of Christ. I love the church. I love the church. Madly in love with, with the bride of Jesus. 
And I love church leaders. Love church leaders. And they're my heroes. And I mean, obviously, I love any, any, you know, just people who are called in any assignment. But I really have a heart for the church. And, you know, just I love what God's doing in all the different spheres of society. But for those spheres to be strong, we need a strong church. We need a strong local church. And God's answer is the local church. And I know some of you are, you know, visiting from other ministries, and we bless those, and we bless this house in a great way. And, and, and I just uh, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good through New Song. He's good. He's doing, doing good things here. And I, Wendy and I, we also have our own ministry, my wife Wendy, um, called Igniting Hope Ministries, and we have a mandate to ignite hope, and I'll share tonight why we, that's our ministry. And there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful, influential leadership quality there is. Our, our hope level determines our influence level. He who has the most hope is the most influence. And God loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic. <laughs> he, he loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic. Can you imagine David going after Goliath today? Hey, uh, David, before you attack Goliath, we're just looking on our phones here. <laughs> uh, and we're reading what the experts are saying. <laughs> uh, the experts are saying uh, you are being unreasonably optimistic. <laughs> They're saying you shouldn't have such high beliefs. And what the experts are saying is that you should go back to the fields and settle for life as it is and just go back to your job because what the experts are saying is what's actually going to happen is you're going to get killed. Yep, let's laugh at that. <laughs> hey, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. <laughs> Before you prophesy to those dry bones, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you must not know how dry they really are. Or you wouldn't be so optimistic. They're suggesting you do a study on the bone's dryness. So you'll, be, you'll become more realistic. Because what the experts are saying is that when you speak to the bones, nothing is going to happen. Let's laugh at that as well. <laughs> I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I mean, you know, that's a lot of hope talk. Man, you're, let, you're, you're holding fast the confession of your hope, and you're doing it without wavering. And then it says why. It tells us why we can talk hope. It says, For he who promised is faithful. Just say, he who promised is faithful. 
And we're going to go after what we believe. And again, I'll share, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to share the conclusions that I have made. And, and you know, for some of you, you've, you've heard some of this before. Others of you, it's going to be new. And I just say, just listen with your spirit, not your mind. How many of you know, I mean, you know, we don't need more information. I need revelation. I need impartation. And just don't, don't be concerned so much about what you don't understand. Just, just, just wait for the aha moments because there's going to be aha moments, I believe, where you just know that's a word for you. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds in the mouth of God. The quality of my life depends on my identifying what God has told me. The more I can say I believe God's told me this, the more I'll live in direction and in promises. And, and it's, in, it's in moments like this where the presence of God is so strong, we're in an atmosphere of truth. It's very difficult in an atmosphere like here, to, like this, to believe lies. It's much more challenging. <laughs> To believe lies in a place like this. So this place is pregnant with, with the potential of you hearing the preceding word of God that you're going to live by in this next season. And, and I haven't, you know, you, you'll know as I share. I mean, I, I don't claim to have mastered everything but I've made, that I'm sharing, but I've made so much progress and breakthrough that I can't help but talk about it. And some of you have heard this before, and I'll tell you, that's okay. I, I listen to this message all the time. <laughs> I hear it all the time. And every time I get excited. Every time. Every time. I say, thanks, Steve. I needed that. Uh, yeah, starting to slip off into believing some lies. Starting to believe that past experience was actually truth. Starting to believe that my feelings were truth. I, 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 I want to start with a testimony. I've, I've got a great team here. Why don't you guys stand? Three powerful ladies. We got Beth. We got Michelle. We got Ash. They're, they've all graduated School of Supernatural Ministry. Uh, Ash and Michelle are staff for Igniting Hope Ministries, and Beth is a third-year student right now. And, and those of you who have been a part of the meetings, man, they're going to help me close tonight. It's probably going to be the best part of the meeting. <laughs> And so Beth, basically, she's, she's interning for me this year. And I had an intern a few years ago. His name was Levi. And Levi was from Oregon. And Levi loves to share the gospel with people. But he noticed that if he would start sharing about Jesus with people and that person would say they're an atheist, he would move into non-victorious belief systems and believe his feelings and his past experience that he was ineffective in ministering to atheists. I like to laugh at things. Let's just laugh at that. Ha-ha. <laughs> just give an extra laugh on that one. Ha-ha. <laughs> so he decided to believe something different. And what these meetings are about is to decide to believe something different. One of the greatest revelations we can get is that we can think on purpose. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, noble, good report, it gives us virtuous, it says think on these things. Think on these things. And Levi decided to believe something different. He decided to believe if someone said they're an atheist, that it was an exciting moment and that God would always show up when he was around an atheist. 
So if someone would say they're an atheist, he would say this, oh, really, that's so exciting. <laughs> because God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. <laughs> How many of you know those who believe God always shows up when they're around an atheist? God always shows up when they're around an atheist. So he's in the U.K. a few years ago, and he sees a group of about 10 to 15 teenagers goes up to them and says something like this. He says, hi, I'm from America. I've got some really good news. Jesus Christ loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And there was a girl who was obviously the leader of the group. She stepped forward and she said this, I'm an atheist. (laughs) And Levi said, oh, really? That's so exciting. Because God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so he's talking to them for a while, and he asked them, do any of you want to feel God? And they said, yes. So he said, put your hands out in front of you like this <laughs> and say, Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> Guess what Holy Spirit did? He came. Atheist girls got tears coming down her eyes, and she and the whole group prayed to receive Jesus. Another group of teenagers got led to the Lord that day in the park, and I was talking to a pastor from that city two months later. He said that day in the park rocked their school. All because somebody said, I'm going to believe something different. Somebody said, I'm going to renew my mind with, with what he's saying rather than what my past is saying. And it just, that testimony is so powerful because, you know, we could think, well, you know, I'm not doing well ministering to atheists. Maybe I should take another class on ministering to atheists, how to minister to atheists. Ha, ha. The kingdom of God is not moved forward by good conduct. It's moved forward by good beliefs. And, and I'm all for good conduct, you know, integrity. And, but, but the greatest question of the hour is not, Lord, what should I do? The greatest question of the hour is, Lord, what should I believe? That's the, that, that question, what should I believe in this next season, is more important than what should I do in this next season. Because if we can get our beliefs right, we're not going to have a problem getting our doing right. So I just want to, I want to just, just start with that, and then we're going to kind of, the, the thoughts that, from that testimony, we're going to just weave in through what I'm saying. And I'll share my testimony. I grew up on the north coast of California near Eureka in Redwood Tree Country, and I didn't know the Lord as a, as a boy or as a teenager. I did go to Sunday school, at a Presbyterian Sunday school, which I'm so thankful for. I, I never understood, though, how to be born again. But I did understand there's a seed about Jesus that was in my heart. And I graduated high school, became a hippie, actually had hair. <laughs> Volkswagen bus, curtains, you know, the whole thing. Hitchhike. I hitchhiked a lot of hitchhiking, and I'd get, often get picked up by Christians. They would have the bump, some of them have the bumper sticker saying, in case of rapture, this car will be driverless. 
Made me a little nervous getting in that car. Yeah. A little nervous. But my hippie girlfriend, Wendy, who's now my wife, we were seeking and searching and, and did things hippies did. And then, <laughs> then we met Jesus. Someone say yay. yay. Uh, and we found out there's no high like the most high. <laughs> no high like the most high. And it's still a truth. He's, he's, the, he's the greatest. Everything else is a counterfeit. Started going to Assembly of God Church in Fortuna, California. And my belief system was when I started going to church, if I didn't think I was saved, I didn't, if I didn't feel or think I was saved, and I didn't think I was saved, and if they gave the altar call to be saved again, I would go up and get saved again just to make sure. <laughs> then the Lord said, Steve, I've got good news for you. You are saved even when you don't feel saved. I said, well, that's amazing. That is just amazing. I thought feelings were the highest indicator of truth there was. <laughs> so after I heard that, I still would come to church not feeling saved at times. And they'd give the altar a call to be saved. And I'd want to go down there so bad. <laughs> I just want to go down there. And the Lord said, Steve, do not go down there. <laughs> do not go down there. Stay, Steve. Stay. <laughs> But, Lord, I want to get this spirit of heaviness off me. And I know if I go down there and get saved again, I'll get it off me. I'll get free. Ha-ha. <laughs> he said, I'm going to show you how to get that thing off you. It's not by, by doing something different. It's by believing something different. It's by believing something. I, 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 want, I want to teach you how. Because most spirits of heaviness, depression, discouragement are, come from believing lies. They're, they're not circumstantial or physiological. And I'm starting to get trained. I didn't really realize. I looked way back. That's when the beginning of the training of some of the things I'll be sharing with you really started to happen. You want a different emotion, have a different belief. And so we, we stayed in that church for 15 years. We got married a couple years after we got saved and it was, it was a great season of our life where we lived in Romans 12.1. And Romans 12.1 says, uh, tells us to give our bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And so it was a season of surrendering our heart, our will, learning how to do things God's way. And as hippies, we, we, had, we had a lot of things to learn. We had a lot of things to surrender. We needed to, need to surrender how we did our relationship. Instead of building our relationship on sand, Put it on rock. How to, how to treat people God's way. How to um, say, your will be done, done, not my will be done. And it was, a, it was an important season of our life. And, you know, I've noticed this, that I've never, ever done something God's way and said, bummer, I wish I wouldn't have done it God's way. <laughs> Anybody say amen to that? I've never, I've never done it God's way. 
was relationships, finances, sexuality, uh, you know, honesty, whatever it is. There, there may be short-term pain in doing things God's way, but there, but there is long-lasting blessing. And some of it, I mean, there are seasons in my life I just had to say, God, make me willing. You know, I mean, the deception on me was, was so strong, but I knew, I knew I had to do, you know, so I just said, God, I need my heart to change. And I just hear this tonight, that the Lord is, is changing hearts in, in key areas. And even the prayer, make me willing, is a powerful, it's a powerful prayer. And, and even what I'm going to be sharing with you, uh, if we don't get the foundation of surrendering our heart and our will to the Lord, uh, it could get weird when we move into believing, believing truth. So I want to, I want to just, just say this, this is important. But it's not, it's not the only thing. And we found that out. Um, we, in 1990, we began to sense, we were on staff at that church for 13 years, and we began to sense we were to become senior pastors uh, of, a, of a local church. And I, we thought about where we would like to pastor, and we thought about places like Hawaii, yeah, somebody's got to do it. There's people there. <laughs> but how many, how many have ever met Jehovah Sneaky? Yeah, he sent us out to a place in the middle of Nevada, high desert, four hours from Reno, four hours from Vegas, a place called Round Mountain, Nevada. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> How many of you know God's not always logical? I mean, when it, you know, just if you serve the Lord long enough, you know, many of you can attest, you're going to do things that aren't logical because you got you just you just got a word. You just know. There, there's radicals in this room who you're doing you're doing things that people say, "What are you doing?" It take more faith for you not to do it than to do it because you you got you, you heard something. And so we were out there, and I mean it's it's so it's so isolated. There's 2,500 people in a radius of 40 miles. Church about 30 people, but we knew that we knew we we're supposed to be there. By the way, I'm hearing this that God is clarifying assignments here tonight. I hear that that He's clarifying assignments and He's breaking double mindedness off of people in this room to where people are actually going to release faith for what God's called them to do. And I hear this, don't despise the day of small beginnings. That there's a grace on you to release faith because every great thing has a small beginning. Every great thing starts with an idea. And, and so God sent us to the desert, high desert. How many you know God likes to send people to deserts to teach them how to repent? <laughs> and one of the best definitions of repentance is to change the way you think. And the Lord basically said, Stephen, Wendy, I love your heart for Romans 12, 1, of surrendering your, your body, your heart, your will to me. But if you're going to see transformation, I need, you, I need to move you into Romans 12, 2. Because Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and excellent and perfect will of God. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we, we heard this, that transformation doesn't come from surrendering your heart. It comes from surrendering your beliefs. 
My wife, Wendy, she's thinking her lack of breakthrough and transformation is because she hasn't given God her heart enough. And we, we grew up under a culture where revival was just around the corner. And if we, if we repented from one last hidden sin that we didn't know about, we would have revival. Ha, 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 ha. And Wendy, she's thinking that because she hasn't given her heart enough, that's why she hasn't had breakthrough. So she's just crying out to the Lord, Lord, I, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I guess I can't even give it to you. Just take my heart. And God interrupts her prayer and says, Wendy, I have your heart. Now I need your mind. For many of you in the room, that's, that's a word for you. God has your heart. Now he needs your mind. He needs your mind. And, and, and we heard this, that it's time to surrender what you believe. We surrendered our hearts. Now it's time to surrender our beliefs. That's what Romans 12, 2 is all about. And, and really surrendering our heart on many levels was easier than surrendering our beliefs. I shared this yesterday with leaders, and the, the Lord said to Wendy, Wendy, I want you to surrender the beliefs that you're shy and inadequate and can't speak well in front of others. I want you to surrender those beliefs. And she said, but that's who I am. And she heard, that's not who you are, that's just who you've become. That's not who you are, that's who you've become. Steve, can you surrender the belief that you're less than others, that you're less than other leaders? Well, I feel less than. It's a lie. Can you, can you surrender that belief? Can you surrender the belief that you're a non-influential leader? Can you surrender the belief that the supernatural doesn't flow through you? Can you surrender the belief there's something uniquely wrong with you? <laughs> can you surrender those beliefs? But it feels so true. Showed us uh, John 8, 32. It says the truth will make you what? Free. So every area of our life where we believe truth in, we get free. Every area of our life where we believe lies, we're not free. Every area I believe lies, I live in limitation and restriction. Every area I believe truth, I, I, live, I live in freedom. I get free on the inside, then I get free in my experience. I'll see transformation. And so I get saved by believing in Jesus. I get free by believing like Jesus. I get saved. The moment I put my faith in him is the moment I, I get born again. Just say born again. born again. By the way, there's people in this room who have been born again. You're entering a season where you're going to feel like you're born again again. <laughs> That's what I heard. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, I think that's a word for you. I also heard this, that people tonight are getting delivered from procrastination, pessimism, and passivity. I heard that, I heard that there's people, the pessimism, procrastination, and passivity, that, 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 there's people getting delivered from that. Hmm. Could have you turn to your neighbor and say good word, but just look straight ahead. 
So the battle's between lies and truth. I'm not a, I'm not a devil-focused Christian. I'm a belief-focused Christian. I don't want to be ignorant of the devil or foolish of the devil about the devil, but I don't talk about the devil much. But I talk about what I believe all the time. Because if I can believe truth, I get free. And if I'm free, it doesn't sound like the devil's bugging me very much. Just a thought. <laughs> yeah, just a thought. Yeah, if I'm free, it doesn't sound like the devil's doing much. Even to put on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, you've got to believe something to get those pieces on. They don't just fly on you automatically. <laughs> I mean, I love the, the helmet is salvation. The helmet where we actually have in our thinking the benefits of our salvation. I love Psalm 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And then it says, And forget not. Guess, you know who he's talking to? Talking to himself. Hey, soul, bless the Lord. I don't feel like it. Tough. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. You're going to bless him anyway. <laughs> and then it says, and forget not his benefits. He's still talking to himself. Hey, 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 Steve, don't forget his benefits. Who forgives how many of your iniquities? Oh, don't forget it. Put the helmet of salvation on. Heals, what, some of your diseases? Wow, that sounds like a good salvation. Don't forget. I love that, but I mean, the armor piece I really like is the shield of faith, the shield of good beliefs. What's it say? You can quench some of the fiery darts? How many? All the, all the fiery darts? That'll mess up some people's theology. <laughs> all? Whew. That just sounds like good news. <laughs> that sounds like our salvation may be bigger than we thought. The benefits may be bigger than we thought. Woo! It's hard. You know, it's not, I, there's some benefits I couldn't forget because I never knew them. <laughs> That's why I like coming to churches like this. Man, I found out. Wow, that's in my benefit package too? Sound mind? Woo! Right thinking? That's mine already? Oh, that's good news. That's just really good news, man. That's a <laughs> I know there's times where we deal directly with the devil. I, I get that. But the devil's not our problem. If we believe right, he can't do anything. So the question is, how do we know if we're believing a lie? Because if the battle is between lies and truth, because the nature of deception is, is that we don't know we're deceived. Once we know we're deceived, we're no longer deceived. That's taught in deception class 101. (laughs) 
So I got an indicator. I was reading a book by a guy named Francis Frangipan called The Three Battlegrounds. Great book. The Battleground of the Demonic World, the Demonic, the World, and the Mind. It's three battlegrounds. And he was, and he said something <clears throat> in the book that changed my life. It was just a good book. I was reading it. And how many of you know you never know when you're reading a book when it's going to be the book? And, and how many of you know you never know when you come to a meeting where it's going to be the meeting? Why don't you just say, this is the meeting. By the way, one, what I'm hearing over you is the greatest revelations of your life are still to come. The greatest revelations of your life are still to come. And so I'm reading, and I read this. It says, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope. Say glisten with hope. Every area of your life doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. I read that. I close the book. I become instantly discouraged. (laughs) I get discouraged. It's a lot easier to blame the devil. It's not easier to be a victim. Uh-huh. I go, uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm the problem. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm trying to find one area where I got hope, man. You know, in my life, I, I had, uh, I'll share in a moment, I, I had no outward signs, very few outward signs that of success and couldn't find one. Then, let alone glistening hope. Didn't even know glistening hope existed. <laughs> didn't even know that was even available. <laughs> then I pray a dumb prayer. Oh, God, would you please show me every lie that I'm believing? That was dumb. Because I, I should have prayed, Lord, show me 10% of the lies I'm believing. Because I got the revelation, almost everything I believed in my life was a lie. And I was pastoring a church. We can't laugh at that, Jeff. <laughs> can't laugh at that. I had great doctrine, but bad beliefs. Great doctrine, but bad beliefs. Doctrine like Jesus is God. I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's good doctrine. The authority of Scripture, salvation by grace through faith alone. I had good doc, but I had bad beliefs about God, me, people, circumstances, my money, my giftings. And I began to see, wow, I got a bad belief in every area of my life where I don't have hope. That area is under the influence of a lie. The Lord was challenging me. He says, uh, Steve, I want you to start believing better now. I said, well, I'll make a deal with you. When things start getting better in my life... I'll start believing better. Is that okay with you? He said, no. He says, that's not how this thing works. There's got to be a season where you start believing higher than what you're experiencing and feeling. It's got, it'll never be convenient. It was just not a convenient season for me. 
Let me share with you all the outward, all the, some, some of the outward signs that I was a failure. And after each one, I want you to just laugh. Okay? Just like, I, I had a non-successful car. <laughs> I had a non-successful salary. <laughs> My hair was starting to get non-successful. <laughs> <laughs> My church size was not successful. <laughs> so you have an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> my, my home, which was a single wide old trailer called the Parsonage, was not successful. Ha <laughs> ha. I didn't feel successful. Let's laugh at that as well. Ha ha. Ha ha. <laughs> and I said, now, hey, now I want you to start, I want you to start believing who I say you are. I want you to start believing my promises about you. I remember one thing, because he basically said, you know, Steve, I don't want you to be a thermometer. I want you to be a thermostat. And I was just a thermostat up to that point. Excuse me, a thermometer up to that point in my thinking and what I said. You know, I would say constantly, I'm tired. We're tired. We're poor. This place is hard for the gospel. Nobody around here wants to get saved. <laughs> the churches are in disunity. Families are falling apart. Every time I move forward in God, I get attacked by the devil. <laughs> He called me on that one. He said, hey, Steve, how come you say every time you move forward in me, you get attacked by the devil? Well, Lord, the reason I say every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil is because every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. <laughs> That's why I say it. <laughs> and this is what I heard. That that's true for you, but it's not truth. It's true for you. Because actually you have faith for attack. You renew your mind with attack. And you transform your future into attack. There's enough challenges in life anyway, let alone to have faith for spiritual attacks. <laughs> Current mind renewal creates future experience. 
I mean, whatever we, current beliefs create future experience. Whatever we renew our mind with today will transform our future to, whether it's lies or truth. And I just got tired of renewing my mind with lies all the time and just repeating my experience. Remember, he, he said, Steve, I want you to say, I want you to start saying, I want you to start changing your life. I want you to use your mouth as a thermo, thermostat. I want you to start saying things like this. Say, I influence nations radically. By the way, I want you to say that. And I'm in the desert, hardly feeling like I'm influencing sagebrush. <laughs> I say, hey, Lord, I thought, I thought you said thou shalt not lie. Could you please be consistent? Shouldn't I wait until after I'm influencing nations radically to say I'm influencing nations radically? You say, well, let me ask you a question, Steve. Do you wait for an apple tree to have an apple on it or before you call it an apple tree? Um, no, Lord. No. If the apple tree is too young to have apples, we would still say, that tree has the gift of apples. Nobody would argue with that because we don't get our identity out of what we've done. We get our identity out of what we're created to do. I don't, I'm created to influence nations. I'm created to raise the dead. I'm created to be a great leader. I'm created to do family well. I'm created to walk in abundance. And we'll get into that more tomorrow about if we're going to, we have to say, if we're going to experience something different, we have to say something different, to say something higher. And so just, we're getting, getting overhauled beliefs and find out, wow, every area of my life doesn't glisten with hope, means I'm believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil. Showed us Romans 15, 13 that supports that. Where it says, now may the God of hope fill you. Anybody here want to get filled by the God of hope? What might happen to you if you get filled with the God of hope? Think you might get a little hope? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Now hope has two buddies who hang out with him. One's called all joy, the other's called peace. And, and tomorrow afternoon we're going after all joy. Not a trickle of joy. All joy. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You become a hope abounder. You got so much hope, you just, you just, you get the Tigger anointing. I used to have the Eeyore anointing. Things are only going to get worse. Just keep watching the news. Feed on that all the time. You'll become realistic. Don't get your hopes up. 
Protect yourself from disappointment. Make that your highest goal. <laughs> we just say no to the Eeyore anointing. Say no to that. If you boil Romans 15, 13 down to its essence, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you in believing. So I get, the moment I believe truth is the moment I start getting filled by the God of hope. Increasing hope is the evidence that I'm renewing my mind with truth and not lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence I'm renewing my mind with lies instead of truth. So I start believing truth. Start getting filled. Then it gets up to my eyes. Get filled so much, actually I see the same things differently. Hey, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. <laughs> hey, God can even use me. Hey, there's hope for me, my future. Whoo. Hey, the people in my life, they're not, they're not as bad as I thought they were either. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think God can even use them. Uh, I think there's hope for them. Hey, there's hope for my nation. It's important because I believe our hope level determines our influence level. It's hard to influence that which you don't have hope for. Remember trying to lead a church when I was hopeless about my people. The Lord says your hopelessness about your people is a bigger problem than anything going on with your people. <laughs> That's a bigger issue than anything going on. You better deal with that hopelessness or you're... you're they're leading you. You're not leading them. And that's true with our kids, spouse. Our hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. That was a, that was a game changer for me. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Let's say you're hopeless about your finances. Your, your hopelessness about your finances is a bigger problem than anything going on in your finances. doesn't mean you're not doing other things, you know, working hard, giving, getting educated, ideas, whatever. But if you try to change circumstances without changing the beliefs surrounding circumstances, I believe you won't see long-lasting transformation. So, so my, my hope level is the indicator of whether I'm believing lies or truth. Got a lot of hope, believing a lot of truth. Don't have much hope, believing a lot of lies. And, and there's no condemnation if we're believing a lot of lies. But how many of you know if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem? You know, what would you think if I'm a general and the enemy is over here and I'm shooting all my artillery over here? How many know I'd be a bad general? <laughs> That's how my spiritual warfare used to be. I was rebuking until my rebuker was worn out. <laughs> I 
I was binding everything that moved. <laughs> then I heard this. The Lord says, I want you to redirect your greatest spiritual warfare guns at your own beliefs. And I want you to make your personal hopelessness a bigger enemy to you than anything the devil's doing. And I want you to see what happens. I'll tell you this, it brought breakthrough. It brought transformation. We're doing things I never thought we'd ever do, influencing people we thought we'd never influence. And, and it's just the breakthrough. And it, it, it was, it, it, it's, it's revolutionary. And when you go after hope, because one of my favorite definitions of hope is this, is hope is the belief that the future will, will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. Wherever there's a lack of hope, all progress stops. All improvement stops. There is a a town that was going to be covered by a a reservoir when they were building a dam. And when, when the town found out that the town had no more future, all improvement stopped. Hope, hope is, a, is, a, is a catalytic force. And I know, I mean, there's people in the room probably tonight, you're just, man, you're, you're battling for hope. Not just in a particular area, one area, but just you're feeling hopeless. And I get that. And, and there's no condemnation in that. But, but I, I, have, I have good news for you. You're not staying there. Because there's a solution. There's always a solution. There's always an answer. And, and once we actually get the truth that, man, that lack of hope, that, that i got to figure out what the lies are that are creating that lack of hope. I was, um, a few months ago, I was battling for hope just concerning a family situation. And, man, I just was looking at it, and it just seemed hopeless. Anybody ever had one of those? It just, just see, man, I don't, I don't see it, man. I was just getting, I was getting under it, and, and I was doing all the stuff I normally do, laughing at lies, didn't work, <laughs> speaking truth, didn't work, heaviness still on me. So I go to my wife, Wendy, and I say, hey, I need help. Man, can't get over it. And, and she asked me a question, and it is, it's the and it's the question I, I want to close with tonight, is, is this. The question is, she said, Steve, what do you need to believe to have hope in that area? What do you need to believe? I said, wow, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. Because if you find, if, if you, if you find that, you go after hope, it's always going to be linked to a promise of God. It's always going to be linked to who, we, who he says we are in him. It's, it's going to be linked to his goodness. Testimonies of other people have overcome that same thing. And just, you know, tonight I just, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're, we're getting the boat out of harbor tonight. Because we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. I, I said earlier, man, I just, 
There's nobody here by accident. And, and, and there, there's people in this room. Man, there, there's people in this room. I mean, there, that one year from now, you are going to be absolutely in a totally different, better state. You're going to be. Just say, that's me. And, and, and this, this thing of just saying, wow, you know what? Uh, I'm going to learn how to surrender what I believe. And I'm not going to trust any conclusion or belief in my life doesn't have hope attached to it. That's, that's, what he, that's what he told us. Don't trust any conclusion. You're hopeless for your nation. It's under influence of a lie. Don't trust that conclusion. But what, what do I believe? Oh, that's a great question. Ask me. What do I need to believe to have hope for my nation? You start asking him those questions, that's, that's some of the highest. You go to James 1, 5, any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously without finding fault. Some of the greatest wisdom is say, what do I need to believe? Because I'll say it again, the kingdom of God is not moved forward by good conduct. It's moved forward by good beliefs. And the question of the hour is not, Lord, what should I do? The question of the hour is, Lord, what should I believe? What should I believe in this next season? And I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, it, it, for everybody in the room, to, probably tonight's just not a good night to go higher in our beliefs. Let's just laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, not a good night. Mm-mm. It is a good night. Because you know what's happening tonight? Something's getting on you. Just say something's getting on me. It's called hope. It's called hope. And I'll tell you this, you're going to have to work hard for it not to not to work in you, because it's going to work in you. Because I actually see, I just see a fire getting in your spirit. Someone just say fire. I mean, Levi, he said, hey, I'm not believing that anymore. I'm not believing I'm ineffective with atheists. Getting rid of that lie. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get transformation. I'm going to get breakthrough. I'm going to believe something higher. And you know what's so amazing about that story? He said he decided to believe God always shows up when he's around an atheist. He renewed his mind with that. He transformed his future into God showing up. And people got caught up in his transformation and got saved. Someone say hallelujah. So if you receive the word tonight, by the way, here's what I want to do. And the girls are going to come up in a moment, and I am so excited to have them come up. I mean, it's just, you just, whew, they're packing heavy spiritual artillery. <laughs> I think what I'd like to do tonight, and just because I know this message, you know, just for all of us, but I just, I do, I think in this first meeting, if you're just in a place in your life where you're just really battling for hope, I just think just we want to just minister to you just for a moment. Why don't you just stand up? If you're really battling for hope, and it's just, I just believe even as you stand, something's, something's going to happen. Something's just going to, something's going to break. Just in, just in the humility and the acknowledgement of that, and there's no condemnation. No condemnation. I mean, I, I've, there had been a lot of meetings that I'd stand up. I'd be, ah! And we just, yeah, we just say thank you. And um, 
Yeah, just, just if you're standing, just close your eyes just for a moment. And if you're around them, just feel free to lay a hand on them. And, but I just want to tell you if you're standing right now, I just want you to hear these words. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be better than okay. But it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. If you're standing, just say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And, and God just brought you to this meeting, you who are standing especially, because there's, there's something, something is getting into your spirit. And you, you are an incredible person. You're an incredible person. And we just, man, I just, I just said, the devil's a liar. I finally got that. He's a liar. And we just, we just say, thank you, Lord, for just breaking off kingpin lies and replacing it with your truth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I speak freedom to you. Scripture says the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me to, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And we speak freedom to you who are captive, experiencing captivity, uh, just in hopelessness or a lack of hope. I speak freedom to you. And I say, you are free. You are free. Woo! Ha <laughs> ha. You say, well, I don't feel it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the seed of truth that's getting in every heart. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is for everybody. If you receive this word tonight, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Troll. It's going to happen in me tonight. It was supernatural. It's going to increase. It's going to influence the nations. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him a praise tonight. Give him a shout. Woo! Yes! The walls are coming down. Yay! Woo! Somebody say freedom. Say breakthrough. Say no limits. No limits. <laughs> Man.